Greetings, Internet friend. Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of Walking and Talking, which I have transferred here from its original YouTube video format so that you can more readily superimpose my metaphysical rants over your day-to-day -day experience without a screen hogging your visual attention for hours on end. Some of these older episodes don't have the greatest audio quality, but it does improve as the series progresses. I occasionally make references to something visual, but by and large, all of the relevant information is present in the audio. From episode number 84 onwards, and to some extent before that as well, I am cognizant of the audio-only experience and making sure to describe anything that seems relevant. Publishing this as an audio podcast does take some extra time and money, so if you appreciate this, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash benjaminbennett. And when you donate as little as $2 a month, you gain access to exclusive content. But more importantly, you'll be helping me enormously towards these three goals that I have. First, to increase the frequency and intensity of new episodes. Second, to remove all advertisements from my Sitting and Smiling videos on YouTube. And third, to launch a new series that I've been scheming up. I'll say it again, I am an anti-consumerist tightwad who likes to maximize the utility of the scantest of resources. So be assured that your donation will go far. That URL is patreon.com slash benjaminbennett, and you can find the link in the show notes as well, in case you want to pause this audio and go check it out right now. Lastly, I'd love to receive your well-thought-out questions, comments, tractates, treatises, diatribes, and gluten-free paleo recipes at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. Okay, that's enough blathering. Let's get on to the real blathering. Friends, welcome to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. What's going on here? I, you know, immediately start with a shell of a persona, with a self-representation already going in my mind when I start. I, I turn on the camera, I start walking, I say hello my internet friends, welcome to walking and talking, the show where I walk and talk. And I'm used to doing that and there's a, a sense of identity already already working even in the way that I'm speaking now although it's somewhat related to the noise level here I have to speak loud enough that I take to think of the next thing to say is apparent because I didn't I didn't plan anything out
Is this an okay use of your time? I think, I think it's okay because you have freedom here. You have the ultimate freedom to stay or go or to do something else while you listen to walking and talking. Or you could do nothing, you could just, you could just, just watch and listen, do nothing else, and just examine closely the experience of doing this one activity, of watching, walking, and talking, and, you know, see how long you can last, you could, you know, sit in a comfortable position where you're sitting up straight but you're otherwise relaxed you know neither neither slumped nor neither slumped nor tense Mulberries. Picking berries is the ultimate pain-free activity. It has been determined. Picking berries, especially, you know, wild ones, There's no moral implications, really. Or there's no, there's no negative, there's no negative consequence whatsoever of picking berries from a wild tree. Assuming you're picking the right kind of berries and not poisonous ones. There's no pain caused by picking berries. It's the only thing that I can think of. It's the only activity I can think of, really, that um, doesn't cause any pain either while you're doing it or after you're doing it or, or to anyone else by extension. Um, there's there there's really no like uh, you know like uh, widening consequences for anyone or any other being. The birds have plenty of other berries to eat. And it's it's pleasurable in a in a way that is non-addictive. Maybe it's a maybe it's slightly addictive, but you're not gonna be you know you're not gonna be like in hell afterwards wishing you were picking berries. You pick berries for a while and it's very enjoyable and then you stop 
and then you're like really soothed and you don't mind that you're not currently picking berries. Typically when you do it is in the early summer. There's no, you know, instinctual pressing need to fortify yourself against a long winter ahead or something like that. There's got a whole summer ahead of you. A sense of ease. get stuffed you don't feel lethargic they're nutritious This is just like a way to exist for some time with ease. I feel like everybody could use some of that. You're not like, it's not like you're meditating, you know? Which is like this activity where In, in some in some sense there's some kind of effort being discerned being um, expended um, even if you're doing type of med meditation where it's like you exist in a state of effortlessness of non-striving or something even if you're doing that it still feels like this uh it, well it can't well maybe not from within it sit you know assume you're in some kind of absorbed state meditation is meditation even if you're not in any particular absorbed state meditation is meditation but picking berries is picking berries It's as if you could continue doing this forever. You can't meditate forever because you'll starve to death, but then then maybe, you know, you just maybe that entails rejoining the 
undifferentiated oneness when you starve to death. But picking berries, you won't starve to death. You'd eventually get pretty sick if you only ate berries. But not only is it calming, it's like, to some extent, life-sustaining, to some extent. You're gonna need to get some protein at some point. And that's where things get more morally hairy. Because getting protein is going to entail either eating some kind of animal product or most likely some kind of cultivated plant. More resources. Especially if you're a bodybuilder like me. That was a joke. I thought I would be more like pious in this episode of Walking and Talking, but I haven't been particularly pious so far I, I'm just eating and uh, you know I thought I would be I thought I would be delving into emptiness and uh, you know abiding in the void but instead I'm filling the void with mulberries I'm feeling for the most part contentment here being you know uh, having a fairly strong sense of self in effect right now like this is like this is my body and then like these are the mulberries and the mulberries are now becoming part of my body I you know I feel that uh, at least you know sense of, of separation Taking a break?
but I should keep moving here because I don't just want this to become a video simulation of picking berries. Oh, yeah. If that can serve as a bridge for you to towards picking berries, then I'm all for it. But not, not the best replacement for it. But, but you can imagine what it might feel like to be picking berries and then uh, just kind of in, willfully induce in yourself the sort of relaxation that might accompany it. And you can just you can just do that directly by um, oh this is this is the really banging tree oh these ones are like stuck these ones look really ripe but they're not actually very tasty. They're pretty good. They're stuck on the branch, this tree. They don't want to fall off, which is weird. Even though they're bigger. There's better ones. if aspects of my personality are being expressed like picking mulberries is just something that I is uh, feels like a, a part of my personal history and now it has entered the sacred realm of walking talking the sacred sphere Studying, walking, and talking with personal artifacts. Artifacts of personality. It's okay. It's, you know, it's the duration of this that is its saving grace. Look at these ones, it's all red. That one's not right. Here's the, uh, the ones that are a mixture so there are white mulberries and there's purple ones or like there's white mulberries and black mulberries and then 
you get then you get these light purple ones that are a uh, hybrid between the two and they're delicious every tree is different all I'm saying is you could probably be doing this too or something like it you could be doing it right now maybe I don't seem to be uh, laser focused on my my own personal psychology or or my immediate direct experience or am I I'm relating to you some kind of idea of an activity of picking berries picking berries it's like it's at one it's it's at once a very simple concrete idea A very a simple explainable activity but at the same time like uh, you know trying trying to uh, parse it out in, in like a purely physical sense would be an impossibly complex endeavor suffering right now or am I you know maybe you know maybe there's always um, background thoughts or the potential of some background thought to uh, just to, to be there some background thought of uh, you know could I be doing something better How could my life be better right now? What could I be doing differently? Should I be doing this and not that? Or that and not this? And maybe all that can entail some sort of... Some, some you know, low-level form of suffering. 
or just uh, the constant state of unsatisfactoriness of you know never total never totally perfect never achieving some perfect state of stasis in reality but always being in some form of disequilibrium that seems to propel you forwards through time and guide your actions maybe even like the idea of the present moment itself entailing a certain a certain uh disequilibrium or a certain instability or constantly changing thing you know like present moment like it's uh like the contents of experience always changing like there's there's you can't like you can't stop experience you can't stop the you know the perpetual onslaught of not necessarily onslaught just like constant changing look at these every every single tree has different looking berries and every single berry looks different from every other one I didn't even need to bring any water on this trip. How long can you last before you like look for some berries yourself well you might not be watching this in berry season berries might not be right in your part of the world at this time These are just at the perfect ripeness. The 
I'm gonna pry myself away from that tree. and talking I feel something something resembling some kind of uh, could say like uh, autonomy from the world or some kind of freedom from the typical concerns of of being myself here's some white ones It tastes different in a really good way. They're slightly pineapple-y tasting. I'm full of berries I wonder if it'll be I wonder if you know this feeling of uh, fullness of food with me seems to correlate with um, like the like more solidity being a feeling more shackled to my body, you could say. When I feel more empty physically of food, it's easier for me to to feel as if I can uh, escape the confines of my body. These ones look really good though. These are some nice fat white ones.
But as you can see, I keep choosing to keep eating berries. Maybe like, maybe there is a limit. Maybe there's some kind of limit. But then here's a cherry tree. Come on. I'll eat a cherry on the way back. See, I'm making a conscious decision. Whoa, look at that, look at that loaded cherry tree. I never noticed that before. These are all cherry trees, but only that one has a lot of fruit on it. That one has a little bit. Making a conscious decision to refrain, at least from you know getting started on getting started on the cherries. I'll I'll, I'll consciously pass up this mulberry tree. You know, there's just like because I have this like sense of their fleetingness that uh, is the only time of year that. You can eat fresh mulberries. And so I have to take advantage of that. But, you know, there's more around at this time than I can eat as a single person. But... I can pick some and freeze them for later. But I want to be able to... I don't want to feel too full, you know? I mean, you can eat a good bit of berries before you feel full. But eventually, you'll get there. I wonder if my face is purple. I bet my lips are purple, I don't know. They're just everywhere here. They're, you know, they're littering the sidewalk. Walking and talking gotten lax. 
mean, where's where's the direction? Other than the durational constraint, where's the discipline? Maybe that's all the discipline that we really need in this, for this. You do this limited activity for long enough and, and uh, things arise in your consciousness. Difficulties reveal themselves. And you have to confront them and and uh, and deal with them all by yourself, kind of. in the eye of the public. The camera is like the eye of God. I'm here like, uh, you know, confessing to you. Not really confessing. Not, you know, I'm not like confessing, you know, concrete, sinful actions but it's but I'm I'm uh, constantly I'm revealing to you just like my my character basically you know because for the four hour duration it's hard to deceive for that long to keep talking without revealing the, the, the nature of your character, I think, you know. I mean, there is what I do and think and say outside of the frame. But here I am. I'm, I'm putting myself inside the frame for some time, for some time just to, uh, just to submit myself to your judgment. You may judge me. You can judge me and I'm not gonna judge you. Well, because I can't judge you. Because I don't, I, uh, I can't see you. I don't know what you're like. I know that we share some fundamental qualities though. Well, I know we share the most fundamental 
thing of all, which is consciousness. <clears throat> and I know also that if you're willing to watch this video, you know, especially up till this moment, that uh, there's some kind of interest in you in some of the same things that I'm interested in. Well, let's all hold ourselves up to examination. We know how to act right in this world. We know what's we know we know what's the right thing to do. I think. Feel that we can feel the difference. We can feel the difference between right and wrong. I guess when I think about that, I think about actions, behaviors, and thoughts which tend to contract us into individual selves with hard boundaries, firmly differentiated from the rest of the world with selfish concerns and then thoughts, actions behaviors, attitudes that tend to soften those boundaries and result in in uh, in a generous nature. Generous attitude. Empathizing easily with other people. Sometimes to the extent that it's a little painful. Or very painful. 
when you witness somebody else's pain and when you know about pain in the world then it can be, you know, but it's also a feeling of love too and not the, not the personal love. <clears throat> but just like uh, a genuine goodwill towards other people slash beings. And while ultimately there's not a a value distinction between identifying with the self and identifying with something broader because you know having a having a self identity is necessary it keeps you alive and being alive and healthy you know in the general sense Having your personal needs met kind of forms the uh, foundation upon which you are able to identify with uh, broader, broader scope of existence and and to to feel you know this like broader feeling of love but then you know this like this this uh this broader consciousness the that higher perspective of identifying with you know, a greater reality also has this this like uh, kind of descending uh, organizing effect upon lower perspectives. So it's like it affects it affects how you how you construct your own sense of identity and how you meet your needs and such. And uh, maybe even leads to those needs being fulfilled with greater ease.
it's like for example you can you can witness how the more selfish a person's attitude is the more difficulty they encounter in life being able to meet those needs is that true it's like it seems like actually that selfishness seems to result in a perpetual feeling of of incompleteness or lack even if a person seems to have a lot even if they have more than most people they might be consumed by this perpetual feeling of not enough this is this is common this is common cultural cultural wisdom that I seem to be spouting off. And even even while I talk about this, it's like I'm having while I'm saying this, I have this like realization of like uh, there being a place for selfishness in the world, or even even like even even in fact, um, for me to talk about selfishness or to talk about the existence of a selfish person feels in some way weird because it's almost it almost feels like like I am manifesting that reality by thinking and saying it by like to to um, to identify out there a selfish person um, if I do that It seems like concurrent with that arises in myself uh, the actual quality of selfishness. When I'm looking outward and, and seeing selfishness out in the world, I'm perceiving selfishness in others. <clears throat> it seems like that may actually be a projection of my inner state. Of needing something more myself. But maybe, maybe instead of like perceiving a person as selfish, maybe instead of that, I could. I could relate to this interior state of, of emptiness, which everybody has. You know, my, my own experience of this perpetual, this perpetual unsatisfactoriness of the present moment, of the, the uh, perpetual unsatisfactoriness of my life narrative, 
and then and, and, and those those even even deeper than that like what's what's even at the root of those is just like the is like just the empty side of reality the empty side of reality that every single one of us is you know just another manifestation of emptiness and form you see another person that's you know another manifestation of the same emptiness and form that you're a part of and then you know within within that within each different like little manifestation of a person this uh this ex experience of emptiness like it manifests in a different way with each person And you can see it in anybody else, especially if you get close to someone. Anyone you get close, to, anyone you get really close to, it's like you you will witness how how the emptiness of reality manifests through them, and how they might how how any of us might try to I don't know. Avoid the, the pain of looking at that. Avoid the pain, the painful side of reality. How every different person copes with or fails to cope with the balance between emptiness and form. in life so then you know if I look out instead of being like that person is selfish that person's an asshole uh, I can just like I can just identify with that person. Like, that, you know, that is another man, that is a manifestation of myself. My true self. And in that sense, there's really just this ultimate non duality. Uh, um, when, when talking about other people or, you know
and that ends and from that perspective you know the difference between good and bad is kind of nullified But then still, you know, there, there still is a real difference between the ability to have that perspective or not. But whenever, you know, when I do have that, when I have a perspective, you know, like that it seems like a higher and truer and clearer perspective that was previously clouded it feels like what it feels like the contractual contracted selfish self of before was just an illusion or a mistake a fragmented view of reality. Levels of consciousness have been evolving over time. You know, um, there, there, you know, I, I do believe that there's this ground of this, there is this ground of being that consciousness is not separate from that, uh, me, uh, conscious, you know, human as the, this consciousness is not fundamentally separate from even inanimate matter, that it is just, you know, another, that both are, are, both are, manifestations of the same reality of course but there is um, you can point to real complexity there's a complexity of life that has emerged over time and with that a complexity of consciousness I is that true well there's there's yes and no but I'll tell you why the no later, but the, the yes is, you know, um, you know, you first had very simple single-celled organisms which were not much more complex than just a molecule that, that, uh, that is the right kind of pattern so that it, 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 you know, like a like a piece of RNA basically the first life on the planet you just a, a molecule that's complex just enough and in the right pattern to um, take advantage of the chemical potential you know the potential energy that existed in the chemistry of the uh, primordial soup such that it replicated itself. And as it replicated itself, you know, 
mutations occur and it gets more complex until you have like you know this single celled organism that has like you know cell wall and maybe it even gets you know it develops such complex things as like locomotion you know cilia so maybe it swims around a little bit and then you know like that's that's like you know that's an entity that's that's more complex than the matter than it's that it's based on but it, it it's it's uh you can say you know still it's all just matter it's all just made of molecules but a cell has a cell has a layer of complexity that just just inanimate molecules don't have but a, a cell contains all the complexity of those molecules and something more a superstructure like the cell is more is objectively more complex because it contains all the complexity of its component matter plus a new a, another level of organization and then you know some of those cells they started hanging out with each other and they started cooperating and then they like kind of stuck to each other you know you got a group of like four cells stuck to each other and then and then they started cooperating and developing specialization you know like one cell maybe one cell uh maybe some cells like get some chlorophyll and start photosynthesizing while other cells are focused on um, locomoting or maybe there's some cells that are focused on uh, on like uh, consuming other cells or uh, or reproducing and then you know these multicellular organisms contain all the complexity of a single celled organism plus a no new layer of complexity and along with all the underlying complexity of of just straight up matter and you know evolution happens and these things grow more and more complex until you got animals and you got plants and you got fungi and you got animals and then you start to get to animals with brains and you know increasingly complex brains that start to uh, ex brains that start to exhibit this mechanism of differentiating self from other in increasingly complex ways but there was never any fine dividing line between us humans and inanimate matter in the primordial soup there's never any cutoff point to say this is animate this is inanimate I mean you can kind of make that distinction but it's a gradient it's an unbroken continuum
And it's the same with the, the quality of consciousness, the complexity of consciousness is something that has evolved in increasing layers of complexity. But in an unbroken continuum from just straight up inanimate matter, So while our while this physical corpus this this body is as you know it, it is it is matter with an incredibly in it, it is matter arranged in an incredibly complex arrangement In fact, the most complex arrangement of matter in the universe, in the known universe that we know of, the human mind, the human mind, the human brain, I should say, the human brain is the most complex arrangement of matter that's known. It's more complex than a galaxy. And so consciousness, which, you know, of course we, we can't locate, we, we have never been able to attach to any physical location, can't attach it to any physical apparatus or, you know, any mechanism, it can't be tied down to any matter per se. You know, it's like we, we tend to imagine ourselves as existing in our brain, you know. There's our, our body, but like, we identify with our body, but more fundamentally we tend to identify with our brain because if you, if say there was a brain transplant procedure and your brain were transplanted to another body, you would tend to say that I, you would tend to say, I switched bodies, you know, I'm in a different body now. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, I switched brains, I have a different brain now. You'd be like, you know, the, you'd be like, the me travels with the brain into the new body. And so we tend to identify us as existing within our brains more than with the rest of our body. And why, why is that? Is it just because it's, the brain is like, you know, in between our, is right behind our eyes and in between our ears. So it seems like located um, close to these, these sensory vectors, these sensory input locations. But then, you know, we can't, we can't really, we can't really pin consciousness down to the brain either. 
it's like it's like the brain really um, it really does mediate experience but it doesn't account for the quality of having experience in itself And that's, I, it seems to me that experience is, is um, something that's like inextricably linked to just existence as a whole. And that like the, the complexity of organisms the complexity of our mind and body is 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 like is something that like mediates and organizes this like the consciousness that is is fundamental to reality to like all of you know matter and existence and and we are we are just like these complex like locus fo locus points focus points of it that are you know like put through these complex filters of our perception Consciousness really does interpenetrate between between everything. You know, it's e easy to it's easy to see how it interpenetrates between people. We are constantly exchanging ideas. Um, and expressing things to each other and and it's like 
that's like you know we're sharing consciousness back and forth that way or at least we are we're sharing the we're sharing the forms of of mediation of consciousness we're we're sharing the the forms that consciousness takes and the or, or well yeah yeah it's like thoughts are like different types of filters through which to which we experience consciousness and we can be you know inside those filters or outside them to different degrees you know it's like how how identified with you are you how identified are you with your thoughts or are you uh, kind of are you able to observe your thoughts and uh, are you able to observe your own phenomenon of consciousness like looking back at yourself looking back at looking at what is doing the looking you know like a snake eating its own tail which is why you can still just like you cannot it's it's okay to not eat your own tail too if you know you just know that it's your own tail. You can look at the water and, and you know. Consciousness is always already interpenetrating between everything and in human communication it's like <clears throat> exchanging the forms that it takes you could not communicate at all and you would still be sharing consciousness And it, it's also, it's also interpenetrating inter between, you know, humans and everything, everything in your perception. In fact, including your perception. Perception itself is it. The trees around, even the, the, the blacktop, it wouldn't exist without consciousness. 
consciousness creates it. Well, it's like, and then in another sense, it's one and the same. The, the world, the world that's perceived and, and the perceiver and the phenomenon of perception itself. When I'm walking and talking, that's when I feel the most aligned with that reality, the most um, present with that reality, the most like a snake eating its own tail. sitting with the notion of isolation from the world, but still <clears throat> but still a freedom from the type of thinking that has me feeling anxiously separate as an individual that needs to preserve myself. There is, you know, the place for that. It's paradoxical, like what I said before, like I do, I have to maintain my corpus. In order to maintain the complexity of this experience, but I, from this perspective, I feel no anxiety about 
the eventual dissolution of this complexity because I, I think that death will entail, you know, just a, 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 a radical rearrangement of the form of consciousness. Uh, letting go of all contractions, of all um, concreteness, either in inner perceived inner or outer. Letting go of the concreteness of the perception of the corpus and the perception of the external world, you know, like water doesn't mind that it's not alive. And neither will the matter that previously composed my body. Because, you know, already my body has gone through several full turnovers of the matter that's, that has constituted it. I'm not you know, it's unlikely that any of the same matter is that was, you know, in me when I was born is still in me. I'm mostly new matter. I think every seven years they say something like that. Every seven years your body has like cycled through all the matter. I don't know about that. Maybe some stays in your bones or something like that for longer or something. But you're constantly shedding off atoms that were you and taking on taking in atoms that become part of you I mean part of your body anyhow and your brain which you know as we're as we're talking about doesn't constitute you So death is, is not much more than kind of, a, you know, the end of one iteration of a biological pattern. The complexity of your mind, the complexity of your, the complexity of your mind will be lost, but that's why it's important to express it while you're alive. Expressing the complexity of your mind while you're alive is akin to uh, 
maintaining that complexity because then it enters other people's minds and it 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 uh it propagates itself you know it continues going your conscious by communication your consciousness becomes a part of other people's consciousness by communication and by expression And then even when you're, your you know, particular body and your particular brain dissolve, that comp all that complexity, you know, of mind, of thought, uh, of experience, it it continues to evolve in in all the other people that you've communicated to and even you know and it's not like it's not like you are the sole origin either uh, you know all the thoughts in your mind have have come have you know it's an amalgamation of of thoughts that other people have had before you it's just an ongoing flow. Ooh, wine berries. Not open yet. You know, if you think you'll, if this idea of death, is uh, is is scary because you don't want to lose the the complexity of thought, you know, the particular arrangement. Of thought that has uh, fomented in your mind, then you should express it. And then that complexity will live on. How I was talking earlier about how life forms have evolved
and and how consciousness has evolved. Um, I think it's continuing to do so. And I think a yet higher form of comp of um, complexity above the human being is starting to emerge. A complex world organism that is, you know, linked via the internet. The internet is kind of, it's, it's like akin to its, its brain, its, its neural network. And human beings being some sort of constituent cells. But then there's also, uh, man-made technology is a significant constituent um, in terms of sheer matter uh, technology the and infrastructure human created infrastructure and technology uh, takes up more matter than humans do on the earth you know if you think about all the vehicles buildings and roadways that's you know way more mass than all the mass of you know living humans because every single human you know has some form of shelter that they that in most cases is built You know, the human-made infrastructure is an astoundingly complex arrangement of matter. And contained within it the unfathomable complexity of seven billion human consciousnesses which are increasingly linked together via communication, increasingly linked together by increasingly sophisticated communication. <clears throat> and, you know, as I imagine it going <clears throat> ideally behaving in an increasingly cooperative manner um, and hopefully the things that go against that are just aberrations in the overall trend we can hope you know, all the uh, conflict and so forth. We can hope that those are ab aberrant regressions that will, that will pass and that are 
you know, not representative of the overall trend. We can hope that's probably a whole, a whole nother, that's probably a whole nother complicated debate or monologue. Assuming that that's the overall trend, then we're looking at one unimaginably complex world organism. And, and with that, an unimaginably complex consciousness, a, a new higher level of consciousness. And I think, I suppose, I suppose that walking and talking is one way, one, you know, my little, my little, uh, idiosyncratic way of trying to, to feel more a part of that super consciousness as it begins to emerge and to contribute to its emergence if possible. Just, you know, what my simple little way of doing it as an individual human with the, the means available to me. A way to transcend at least temporarily the limitations of my individual human consciousness. And, and, oh, and a way for you to experience that too. Like we experience this together. We, we are sharing consciousness. We are sharing at least, um, you know, it's like, like I said, we already shared consciousness, but like we're, we're kind of aligning the forms that our, our consciousness takes right now through this communication and that alignment is, is part of this merger. These are called false turkey tails and you can make tea out of them and it's supposed to be 
anti-cancer, anti-viral, pro-boosting immune, immune system, antioxidant, all this good stuff. I mean, you could say, you could certainly say that, uh, you know, any form of communication is merger of, you know, uh, merger of consciousness. But I think that, to me, I think like some, some things that are communicated are like, tend to reinforce uh, individual identity. Like there's, there is so much communication that seems to both originate from from the uh, from the needs of an individual to of self-preservation, or originate from the the feeling of lack and and wanting on behalf of the individual, and so in turn. Um, contribute to that feeling in the one communicated to. I mean, very often in my own day-to-day -day life I'll have concerns about my individual self and, and well-being and uh, the slightly abstract concerns attached to to myself like um, like making money and income and thoughts will circulate in my head relating to those types of concerns which you know is, is uh, normal enough and uh, certainly functional and, and you know part of what makes this this type of thing possible 
but I, I guess I'm attempting to kind of at least keep that kind of uh, the keep that kind of self-concern to just a reasonable level to to like not have it get out of control to where it's like um, more than what I really need in order to like like it's like I want I want just I, I want my needs to be met just enough that I can that I can pursue this this uh, this merging type of consciousness this experience of, of connecting with a greater a greater organism than than this body and to communicate in others that in a way that's not like um, like trying to get something out of them for myself and 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 you know not not motivated only by gain well it's like Actually, I mean, what it's like is, uh, you know, that it's like the the self-preservation instincts and and behaviors are 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 not, you know, something like profane and separate from. Uh, from something else that's more like pure and giving and profound it's like something that supports it you know uh, the self-interest you know my, my desire to make money and be housed and and well fed and and uh, reasonably comfortable uh, that sort of thing is like uh, in service it you know ideally I would like that mainly to be in service of behavior that is more, you know, outwardly directed or not ex not exactly outwardly because that implies duality, but just like uh, towards towards evolution of consciousness and and merging of consciousness and the uh, development of this uh, super consciousness. You could you could call it. And so I I like would like to, you know, if I can, if I can ideally keep my you know self-centered instincts in check enough so that I'm just like meeting my needs like just enough to to maintain something that's that's uh, oriented towards something greater 
than myself there you know great and like when I say myself like that's weird because what do I mean when I say myself but something greater than like the the being identified with this body and this brain like like right now I feel um, I feel not very identified with this body and this brain it's it's like this is just like one sort of component of my experience and, and in a way kind of an abstract component of my experience like I can you know out of my I can see like the front of my of my body I can see this feet and legs and hands and arms and uh, you know torso I can't really see my whole back I can't really see my back and I can't see my face. I can't see any of my head really, except like, you know, the side of my nose. You know, I have an exceptionally large nose, so it gives me the privilege of being able to see more of my nose than probably most people. Uh, you know, being able to see more of my face than most people. Uh, but, you know, that's all I can see of my face is like, oh yeah, and if I stick my lips out, I can see the top of my lip. But that's about it for my face. So like, the existence of my face in some way, I guess it's confirmed by this uh, touch sense. And you know, the feeling of my hat on my head, and the feeling of, you know, air against my face. You can feel it. That it exists. But then the brain, you know, I've never seen my own brain. I've just, you know, seen pictures of brains. Uh, I guess I have seen, like, some animal brain. And I guess I've seen a preserved brain, like in, a, in formaldehyde. <clears throat> and so I, you know, have every reason to believe that there's a brain in here. You know, I believe that this speaking that is happening now is this combined operation between my my brain and my mouth and my vocal cords, etc. You know, kind of kind of my whole body almost. Most of my body is like involved in some way or another with this speaking that's happening. You know, so there, there, there is a body here and there is a brain here that is speaking and perceiving as well and can, can kind of categorize the types of perception and experience that is happening right now. For instance, uh, can formulate the concept of the woods, you know. I am in the woods, that's like a, a very complex, not super complex, but like kind of a complex um, like, you know, cloud of uh, ideas, if you, if you think about it, that links up 
with you know sensorial input in my mind and links up with uh, memories of the past which are you know basically just structures that exist now here in this brain so there's all this happening and it's like you know linguistically it's like makes sense to identify with with this you know it's like who is speaking I am speaking and by I mean like this body and this vocal cord and this brain so I, I but then like And, and you know, like the 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 thought that is controlling the speaking, and the thought that is encoding information into the speaking, which you can then decode. Uh, you know, we would would seem to originate in this brain. And you know, be ostensibly a, a product of me, something that I am making. But like, <clears throat> that just doesn't feel so solidified. Like as as we were talking about before, like. It's, it's a continuum of thought, you know, like all these thoughts have entered this, have become a part of this brain due to information that's come in through senses, whether I read it or I heard it, you know, information encoded through text or through words and through other, and, and, and also interfacing with other perceptual experience. And, and so, like, like the the I here that feels like when I say I here, it's insufficient to represent what is conscious here. Like, what is conscious here? is uh you know is beyond language beyond the uh human container and you you might be you're we're sharing this experience. Like, you might be experiencing this as well. Like, there's...
there's the thoughts in your mind which are being heavily influenced by you know your what you're hearing and seeing right now like there's this process going on right now of of decoding the sound that is like entering your ears into thought and like you know if you if you want or maybe even without trying it's like um like you can you can kind of drop off thinking as your own individual self and like and like just kind of decode and just like hear these words and and see this image this this changing image and and just experience that and and it's just like thinking happening thinking happening you know without exactly a a like locus of control without like you know without the you here thinking you know like this this communication that's happening is just like uh, it's like thinking that's happening between between multiple brains it's inter interpenetrating between brains and well we're not having it's funny like, like I was about to say, like, we're not having the exact same experience right now. It's like, that doesn't, doesn't make sense because like, 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 look, this is, this is just experience. Like, like, look, you know, like, like, this is, this is what is, you know. Like, this this right now this is this is experience and it's what is has always been here and it's what always will be here and and just like the the contents of it is ever changing just like like a projection on the screen. But there's this unchanging, unchanging like eternal just because it's without time. phenomenon of being you know it's timeless it's like bef before birth and after death it's independent of your body it's independent of your brain your body and your brain and all the world that you see are, are just like 
projections onto it. Just, just you know, temporary forms that it assumes. They're they're like filters, filters of experience. And this activity right now is this is this is just like <clears throat> this like this is just here and now entering into this timelessness. It's like remembering it, you know? It's like uh As it's it's almost as if somebody turned off the projector and the projector the proje projector and you just see the screen or you were you know you were wrapped up in a TV show and somebody turned it off and then you're just looking at the blank TV but it's okay you know it's like welcoming You know, sometimes there's drama on the screen and you feel emotionally wrapped up in it and like the emotions feel, the emotions feel like this disequilibrium dis that, that, um, that, that implies the passage of time that, um, that has us grasping for a future state, uh, of, of equilibrium, you know, you feel anxious or, or depressed or like just insufficient in some way. There's some, something about the present experience that's insufficient and, and like we could, we could get or achieve something that would result in, in equilibrium. But like, that's, that's all kind of like the drama on the screen. And then Like this, this right now is just kind of like, you know, this, there's this, the screen's still on in, in a way. It's like, there's still contents, there's still contents of consciousness here. But at the same time, we can see, we can see consciousness itself like easily and and just be like feel totally connected with the expansiveness of it and you know just a a allow for all this drama to to just be seen as this little fleeting component of it 
and there's this very deep sense of peace Even in knowing that that uh, you know, with within this timeless consciousness, there. It's like there, there will be that drama and at times we will again be wrapped up in some form of, of drama, of tension, of, of experiencing reality uh, temporally. Individualistically. time to restart the video. But from this perspective like <clears throat> you feel this this uh, this confidence this you know there's no worry it's like knowing that you know at some point I'm gonna worry again but I'm not worried about that it's okay it's okay if I'm worried in the future You know, we can inhabit this state where the past and the future uh, are seen, are seen clearly as only mental projections that exists right now in the present moment
and you know but also understand I guess that like time is real in so far that we we experience it Will, you know, will we ever permanently experience a cessation of time? Like surely, like maybe other organisms experience time in some way. Like, uh, I mean, say like dogs certainly like have a memory. It seems like, it seems like we, we experience time to the extent, to the extent that we have brain's complex to remember and to form abstract projections about the future based upon our memories. Based upon knowledge. Uh, And, you know, and, and there being like collective knowledge and history, history being collective memory that uh, is extended beyond our brains and, and recorded in things like, like books or the internet. But like, like for instance, does a tree experience time? My imagination of what a tree experiences would, would be something that's like much more I don't know, like, well, a, a less, a less, you, for, for, for sure, like, a less complex arrangement of consciousness. 
And so I imagine it. I imagine it, uh, you know, whatever. I imagine the form of, of, you know, tree consciousness to be something that's like much close, closer to undifferentiated, like oneness of consciousness that like inherent in all matter, you know, like a tree consciousness would be like somewhere intermediate between like person consciousness and like rock consciousness. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like the, the, the tree consciousness is like less a complex knot, you know, of, of, of reality. Like a person is a, is like a really complicated knot. Like if, if you have like a, if you have like a, if, if, if say like the ground of being reality is a bed sheet and then like a rock is equivalent to just you know flat bed sheet it's like obviously you know connected with all of it and then a tree maybe is like like a little like bump a little wrinkle so it's like it's it's somewhat identifiable as its own entity, like you look at a bedsheet and you can point at like that's a wrinkle, you know. It's both a wrinkle and it's part of the bedsheet. But then like you have an animal that's like a, a complicated wrinkle, maybe there's a little knot in there, you know. It's it's like a knot is like it's harder to untie it like it's 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 more identifiable as a discrete entity in its own you can be like that's a knot you know but like it's like like you you can point to a knot but like what is a knot exactly other than bedsheet you know and a, and a certain arrangement of bedsheet and so that's like an animal you know and then like you get something like a human that's just like the most complicated knot you could ever tie, like knots upon knots upon knots. There's all these different mechanisms at play uh, to, and like in, in tandem with one another to um, make it very hard to untie and, 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 and make it like more easily identifiable as a discrete entity than as the base, the substrate that it is, is part of, you know? It's like a really complex knot in a bedsheet. It's like uh, so complex that it takes on a form of its own and you see it as a form, but that form, well, like what is that form other than a complex arrangement of the substrate of the bedsheet? Like that's what human consciousness is. And like 
being that you look upon the rest of the world, it being the same as you, you being a complex arrangement of it, you know, just like a, a complex kind of emergence of it. And so, so complex that, that, that most of the time we seem like something else, like we can't like, it's, it's hard to some, we, we don't always like, we're not a, able to see the connecting threads, you know, like you have to kind of like look, it's as if you were like to look back at yourself or like turn around and, and look back at yourself in order to see the, the connection between you and the rest of reality. Well, that's kind of like what this activity is for. But it's, it's like, um, you know, my, my question is, like, is, is the consciousness that I seem to be striving towards, is it like a rock's consciousness? Am I really, am I really going for that undifferentiatedness? Well, you, well, you know what? It's like, like here I am. I'm like existing in it. Like, like I said, like, I, like I, I feel this, this undifferentiatedness. Um, like what I've. What I feel identified with is, is not this body or this brain. Or, or even, even uh, the, the verbal communication that's going on. Like, it's all just a component of experience. It's one of the, it's their component, their components of the contents they're, they're the contents of experience
<clears throat> and It's, it's something like, it's something that like, it seems like consciousness, consciousness seems to be centered around this body and mind, like precisely because of the, their complexity. Um, of, of the, it's like, it's as if, if you have the bed sheet tied up in, in so many tight little knots, so many tight little knots, um, uh, it's like that, that, that mass of knots is like, um, uh, constituted by a, a significant amount of the bed sheet as a whole you know like a lot of that fabric material is taken up by all those knots and so it's it's as if the bed sheet has has been in in, in some way like transformed into this massive knots for the most part and then you know it's like the the, it be, the 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 mass of knots becomes the center of attention, like the the body and the brain being being so incredibly complex, they tend to become the center of of attention of consciousness. I would say something like that. It's like the, um, and, and another thing is like, <clears throat> like the, the strong experience of temporality 
and which which I associate with um, like the drive to get human needs met, individual needs met. Um, seems to be actually like a, a drive towards a drive towards equilibrium of a drive towards an equilibrium of the individual consciousness that can make way for uh, a greater consciousness and so so for example like Like if there's if there's something uncomfortable about your your physical situation, like you have to pee, you know, or you're like really thirsty, or like sitting in a really uncomfortable chair, or like on an uncomfortable rock for for too long, like any of those things uh, where your body starts to go into a certain kind of disequilibrium you you then start to experience the passage of time much more acutely you know like every minute feels really long and and uh you are focused on a point in the future at which you can relieve the discomfort of whatever it is that's bothering you and this can be physical or it could be like emotional or mental I guess I would say physical or emotional, and then an, an emotional being a, a manifestation of uh, internal physical states that uh, can be linked with thoughts. And so, you know, hence we always have this drive towards feeling better naturally and we go about doing all sorts of things to make ourselves feel better and to hopefully provide ourselves with the sustaining sense of well-being um, but when we get to those rare states where, you know, we can put all that aside because we actually do feel enough well-being. Just like in enough, uh, you know, our personal needs met well enough. We're not feeling any super outstanding discomfort. then our, our, you know, consciousness is free to hopefully connect with something, with something larger. And, and even, I don't know, even in, maybe even in the midst of certain types of discomfort that can happen. Even even with a certain physical or emotional discomfort it may be possible 
to to feel connected with you know to to identify with something greater than the the, the individual body and mind especially if you can st stay aware of the you know the temporality of those experience those, those experiences and the transience of them Like for instance, I'm thinking about now, I keep uh, shifting around, shifting around my body looking for the most comfortable position, neither neither lax nor tense. Where it just, it feels like, uh, it's like trying to make your body transparent, you know? It's like, uh, like flattening out the piece of plastic wrap so you can see through it, you know? Like, it's like, like, it's, it's as if like, Sitting up straight, but but being relaxed is like getting all the wrinkles out of your body so that you can see through your body, you know? And then, and then, and you hold still for a while. You, you just, you relax and you hold still. Like you, you, you know, you get rid of all this like, un, kind of like, weird, weird, uh, uncomfortable positions that you like. We like tend to like bunch ourselves up in a ball or like, like, lean really hard on one shoulder or something like that, or like cross our legs or something. We're just like, you know, 
you, you get kind of symmetrical in your body and then and then your back's kind of a little bit straight and so it's 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 kind of resting but not so resting that you're falling asleep and that's just like um Yeah, it's like it's it's just like flattening out. It's as if you're flattening out a piece of plastic so that you could see through it more clearly. And then like you're in that position and and you can just then you can just feel your body. And then like and and, and not just like and so it's like you're not like feeling the, these like contortions in your body so much. And you're not just feeling like the pressure of your chair or whatever. I mean, that's, you feel that, but you can also feel through that to like the more subtle feelings of your body. Just like what, and, and it might help to close your eyes, like what sensation is here what physical sensation is here, you know, without anything beyond anything or beyond or beneath anything touching me, you know, there's like, I can feel the air on my skin, but then like kind of beneath that, like, it's like, I can just feel that my hand is there. I can feel that my other hand is there. I can feel, I can feel, you know, like a little, like you know just subtle little tingling in my feet and in my toes and it's just like it's it's as if i can just close my eyes and like feel that my body exists you know feel just like the straight up nerves like existing in my body and then realize that all that sensation All that sensation is is a kind of exchange. It's an exchange. It, it's an exchange of of energy, like between your body and the outside world. You know, a a a, a neural impulse is is kind of like it's it's. It's essentially a chemical reaction, you know, and, and electrical signals, you know, chemical reactions and electrical signal, signals going through your nervous system and into your, into your brain. And, and that's all, you know, and like including the pressure or whatever or coldness or heat or whatever that you feel like that's all just a form of energy exchange between your body and the outside world and so there, there's constantly there's constant interpenetration of one form or the other
you know like with with your physical touch sensation that's not really that's not necessarily actively like matter um transgressing the, the boundary of your skin but it's definitely energy you know like the sensation of heat is heat energy enter entering your body the sensation of cold is heat energy leaving your body you know just that's just vibrations of molecules going in and out of your skin but then you know there's there is also constantly matter being interpenetrated because you're breathing all the time you can you 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 know you close your eyes and And, and you notice you're breathing, you can't, you can't stop breathing and still be alive. You can hold your breath for a little while, but that's a disequilibrium. It's, and, and so there's, you know, air molecules entering your bloodstream and coming out of your bloodstream via your lungs constantly, all the time, whether you're awake or asleep constantly matter oxygen carbon dioxide other stuff is is coming in and going out you know every day we eat and drink and pee and poop there's a constant interpenetration of matter I mean this is this is old news to most people it should be Disequilibrium is, is just <clears throat> it's, it's just like 
it's it's like the gravity of the complex pattern that that makes up your body and brain and mind preserving itself the pad the pattern continuing itself it is it's always changing of course your body and your brain and your mind are always changing but there is a continuity that maintains itself for the duration of your life and you know discomfort is like the thing that makes you maintain that and makes you drink some water eat some food take a pee take a poop getting you know sit in a comfortable chair stand up after you've been sitting for too long sit down after you've been standing for too long move around if you have been not moving enough stop moving if you've been moving too much eat if you haven't eaten for too long stop eating if you've eaten too much work if you haven't been working enough stop working if you've been working too much go into nature if you've been in the city too long go in the city if you've been in nature too long meditate if you if you're if you your mind's overactive uh, do do some stuff if you've been meditating for too long Hang out with people if you've been alone for too long. Get away from people if you've been hanging out with people too long. We don't have to annihilate this, the body or the brain in order to experience an undifferentiated consciousness. But we can, you know, we can experience this body and this brain as just being completely interconnected components of reality. And not, not the absolute center of consciousness, you know? Not just the, not the like total like, not the total impermeable containers of consciousness.
you know, even even the even the brain itself is like I said, like I've never seen my own brain. I've never really, you know, I can't I've never like touched it, you know? Like can I say that I've ever sensed my own brain? I I don't know, you know? Like I I've had a headache before and it, like it's kind of like feel some uncomfortable pressure in my head but I can't say that that's like experiencing my brain you know It's, it's as if, like, it's as if, you know, the brain, along with everything else, is, like, another creation of consciousness. You know? The brain, the brain exists within my consciousness as, as a concept. It is a concept. A web of interconnected ideas that exist, you know, ostensibly as a structure within my own brain. There's an idea of my own, there's an idea of my own brain existing ostensibly, as far as I can tell, within what I believe. Whoa, that's weird. It's like, that's like an idea that exists within itself, you know? Like, I, I say that there is a neural structure within my brain in here. There's a particular concept of a brain, of what a brain is, what a human brain is, and then uh, particularly my brain, like one iteration of that being present here, existing within itself. And it's, it's almost the same for anything that I could identify as me, is anything that I can identify with me exists within consciousness. But then consciousness itself seeming to be mediated through what I identify as me. And that's, that's a real snake biting its own tail.
my my mind is uh, is jumping is, is my mind is is uh, has started to engage in in thoughts about the future started to entertain more more abstract conceptions of self in relation to the projected future But I'm just, I'm standing here and um, continuing to kind of observe the sensations of my body and, 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 and see kind of to what extent I can observe those, I can like experience those sensations as being being the exchange of energy of being not so much indications of the limits of my own body but as experiences of the interconnectedness of uh, self and other the link between the body and what's not the body Now I start walking again in in accordance with the mental structure that that uh, entertains an abstraction of the future, you know, 
that perceives things temporally or, or just, you know, thinks temporally and, and uh, has ideas about the future and um, how to how to shape the experience of the future I and I guess another way of saying that is to to maintain the the contents of the present as being something desirable to like acting you know keeping this abstraction of the future acting in accordance with the future you know planning ahead in simpler terms planning ahead is is like maintaining the the contents of the present moment in in a desirable way it's a way of maintaining the equilibrium of the present planning ahead is part of that it's a function of of maintaining equilibrium of the present moment and so it causes me to walk so that I can act in accordance with plans that I have made so that I can continue to experience what feels like a healthy interchange of all sorts of energy and thought and communication and oh, poison ivy everywhere maintain the equilibrium of my corpus to continue to you know it's like planning ahead to increase the likelihood of desirable experiences. Desirable experiences, in my case, being ones that decrease the feeling of 
being an isolated individual and increase the feeling of being connected with reality as a whole including the human species but not limited to planning ahead in order to maintain and increase and improve maintain and, and increase the frequency duration and quality of the experience of feeling connected and uh, with with all of reality to identifying with something greater than the body and the mind and and increase and increase the frequency duration and quality of the experience of timelessness you know using time using time a concept in order to increase timelessness that sounds pretty strange huh Because it, you know, sometimes it feels like uh, you, you, when we're thinking too much about the future, it's like, uh, well, where's our, where's our enjoyment of the present? And you know, like, like for instance, of course, uh, you know, a rock probably doesn't experience time. I imagine, 
you know, it doesn't have a rock has no concepts. It doesn't even have perception. Or maybe like imagine a simpler organism like a fish or something like a goldfish has perception but most likely no concept. It doesn't have a complex enough brain to to have concepts and probably maybe maybe not really memory either I don't know maybe if there's some particularly smart fish maybe they have some rudimentary memory but like a goldfish probably doesn't have a memory or a concept of the future really So like, is that like, does that mean it's always enjoying the present? I don't know. Certainly. Um, certainly it can't enjoy as complex an organization of consciousness that a human can. It can't experience the rich interplay between perception and knowledge. between perception and abstract thought, between the present and the abstraction of the future or the past. So it seems like the timelessness that a human is capable of experiencing during such like peak experiences, you could call them, is quite different than the sort of timelessness that uh, a, a, a much simpler organism experiences. Like what the human might experience at, at uh, some kind of peak consciousness is like something that includes the whole includes the whole complexity of human experience, you know, includes the whole complexity of abstraction, or of you know, 
perception and uh, and and thought and abstraction and concepts and uh, and memory and projections of the future, uh, but includes all of that, but also transcends it and is, and uh, observes it from a higher perspective. But it's weird because like, you know, <clears throat> like I'm, I'm talking about a, it, it's weird, I'm talking about a human, I'm talking about a human peak experience, but like, from that perspective, it's like, it's not identifying as human, you know, it's, it's just like connecting with consciousness that's like broader than, than the individual. And then it's like, at that point, it's not exactly just human consciousness. It's like, it's just like... It's, it's just consciousness, you know, experiencing itself. And, you know, witnessing all the different forms that it, it uh, contracts into, whether they be a human individual or a human society or an, an animal or another organism or an idea or a concept or, um, you know, a, an internet. The internet, the, the earth developing a nervous system. If the earth can develop a nervous system, perhaps it can develop its own sense of selfhood and uh, desire for self-preservation. Like, there's some in insect colonies that, that, you know, 
like an ant colony seems to act as one organism. And even sometimes individual ants or bees, you know, sacrifice themselves, kill themselves for the good of the colony. Again, my mind slipping into <clears throat> into somewhat extraneous uh, concepts about myself, you know, social things. How to how to manage my certain social relations. Or whether I should at all. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of a one component of the sense of self. A pretty strong one most of the time. We are our, our you know, we have this idea of, of selves as reflected in anyone that we're close to or even not so close to. And it's it's kind of real in a way, like, like how you exist in another's mind, 
in some way is like uh, in some way that that is like how you exist in the world to some extent but you know by saying that then I'm I'm uh, I'm manifesting others in my mind you know I'm manifesting the other the uh, my thought of another human or humans existing here in this consciousness is like that like that action like gives it 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 like manifests them in reality to some extent it's like they it manifests them in insofar as they those images of other people affect me like the uh my abstraction of another human being that exists in my mind or like a group of another Per, uh, abstraction of a group of other human beings or like abstraction of like a large collectivity of people and and how and my abstraction of how they perceive me it's like um, you know I that's created in my mind based on you know, neural, you know, concepts of people that are based on memory. And of course that is always going to be a significant determining factor in how we behave in the world because we need to understand roughly speaking how to interact with other people and to know how our, how our behavior will affect another person and how that in return will impact our own well-being but that's that's also a thing that's good to kind of keep in check to You know, in some ways, pres preserve the link to some. I guess what I'm saying is some kind of autonomy or something of knowing that this experience is is yours. And 
you you do ultimately have the freedom to to shape it the way that you want you know within the the boundaries of what you're able to control I don't know this is maybe this isn't isn't maybe this line of thought isn't really productive because I I I'm absolutely behaving um, in relation to in relation to how oh thanks man <laughs> that's artisanal selfie stick <laughs> yeah I'm I'm absolutely acting in relation to what I know and what I think about how other people are. Um, of course, that doesn't mean that I'm trying to please everyone. But it does it does shape, you know, the way that I communicate. I'm I'm but that knowledge is necessary to communicate. To link in with the words, you know, the language that is familiar with a lot of people. I wish I could, I wish I could communicate with everyone, but that's, you know, that's what sitting and smiling is for. No language barrier. This has a language barrier. <clears throat> Unfortunately. But you're here. You understand. I'm speaking in a language you can understand. It's like there's already a already a shared A shared language that this this whole communication is founded upon and that's you know that's already a, a very significant thing for that a lot of people have in common all these words all these symbols the ability to 
to transmit really complicated thoughts. So we're we're already, you know, we're already in in in, you know, shared water here. maybe losing some of the uh, the strength of continuity that I had earlier in the video the uh, attention span my attention span may be waning somewhat I feel some like <clears throat> slight mental exhaustion or just like a gravity to to towards retreating towards a, a more uh, kind of distracted and lax type of thinking as I, you know, return physically to the more what am I talking about? A more pragmatic, like Ben-centered world. What am I talking about? That's not real. It's all the same. The nettles have bloomed. So they say you're not supposed to eat the leaves after they've bloomed. Because then they're kind of bad for your kidneys or something like that. there's a ton of poison ivy right up there it's like if you don't know what to look for it's like that just looks like a tree branch see I'm returning I, what a it's not it's not really like returning it's not fundamentally different mode of thought is it but it's like, you know, I'm walking back to the uh, street area where people are busily driving home from work or whatever. 
I'll be walking past all the berries again, walking towards home, where shortly after the end of this video, there are plans to be made, and uh, I'm finding it increasingly difficult to to remain connected with, you know, some kind of timeless mode of being. Just like uh, things to do, you know? I kind of, I kind of would like to exist in that state forever. That's a weird thing to say. Like I said, it's timeless and, you know, before birth and after death, so it's like, it kind of implies that uh, it's always here and there's no rush to get there, you know? There's absolutely no rush to get there, but I want to, you know? In that state, I wasn't worried about the fact that I knew that I would once again enter a temporal, you know, linear temporal mode of thinking. Moving forward through time, trying to achieve goals. Making plans. Worrying about things. So it's it's kind of paradoxical. But you know, <clears throat> what is it? You know, I'll, I'll die, and then what? Experience keeps going. Do I feel sure about that? I don't know. I, even if, even if in death, like, seems like almost everything drops away something must continue right it's not like well surely it's not like all of existence disappears these mulberries they're like some they're like mostly purple but a little bit white maybe it's maybe it's time to just maybe it is time to let that go you know 
maybe it is time to stop thinking about what happens after death for a moment and uh, stop thinking about what constitutes consciousness exactly and just like eat some mulberries again but since I'm here why don't why don't I save some mulberries for later I'll plan ahead. I got my, my berry picking apparatus that frees up both hands. Is this for an action shot? I got one hand holding the camera and one hand picking berries. thinking about consciousness I'm not thinking about what continues after death and what existed before my birth I'm not I'm not thinking about whether mulberries I'm not thinking about um, Whether I'm experiencing time or not, or timelessness. Or whether what I'm doing is in service of merging consciousness or not. I'm returning to some kind of equilibrium by just picking berries. I gotta keep a keep a composition balanced. Sometime have a camera on this side of head my head. 
sometime keep it on this side of my head that's that's the patch of wine berries over there not ripe yet we're gonna miss them because I'm gonna be gone Don't worry though, I'll still walk and talk. I promise. feel somehow aligned with all these people coming home from work even though you know let's face it that wasn't really work exactly but it had you know the qual maybe it was you know it had the 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 kind of like The kind of calming quality of like getting into a flow state of doing work, you know? If I go and do work, if it's, you know, the right kind of work, I don't know. Or if I'm just in the right state, you know? You get into a flow of doing some work. That's that, and you know, there's some outside uh, constrictions placed on your activity and the time in which you must do it. And uh, and you feel you feel okay while you're doing it. Maybe it's, it's not like ecstatic joy or something but like you're just working. You don't mind it that much because you realize like you're, you're gonna get paid something. Or even if not, you're contributing something to someone, hopefully. You're helping somebody out in some way. You're not just like alone uh, deciding in a vast, limitless plane of freedom, like what to do with your time. There's, you know what to do. And you do it. And then, you know. It provides a certain stability, psychological stability.
would like to be even more regular about about my own work. Stop doing so many different things, you know? Not, not necessarily. It's it's fine. It's it stays my life stays stimulating. But to, uh, you know, place greater structure on it. I guess how and when I choose to do things often has, is, is determined by like uh, interplay with, with very many variables and so it's not so regular but maybe I could impose some more regularity upon my life. But you know, the that flexibility has its advantages too because like when there's berries ripe then you can go pick a bunch of berries. activity is like particularly stabilizing for me I would recommend it to anybody I would recommend making a walking and talking video and uploading it you should you should do it the only thing is like it's hard to make that long of a video like not that many cameras can shoot a long continuous video but you could you could maybe like like I'm using a GoPro which is kind of expensive but you could you could do that or you could if you have a, a cheaper camera like maybe it maybe you just need to switch batteries and switch uh, memory cards more often or don't do it for you don't have to do it for four hours. Just do it however long you can or until the, the memory card runs out or the batteries run out. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good time restriction until the bet until the batteries run out. These ones are nice and big. See, these big ones, they're like stuck on the branch though. I don't get it. When they're stuck on the branch, they're usually not quite ripe. 
They just look right. Yeah, that one's got a little more to go. But now I am about to check out these cherries. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're good. And ripe. So here, here I am, back at this pain-free activity. Yum. So many up there that I can't reach. Ooh, look at this. This is this is a wild, um, like wild, like black cherry branch right here. But it's on. It's coming off of the same tree as the cultivated cherries. So it's like, it seems like this was grafted or something. Yeah, I think this was a grafted tree where they grafted the cultivated cherry onto the, the at some point onto the wild, yeah, maybe right, maybe even right there, like when it was really little, just a twig, onto the wild cherry. And then like, cause over here it's wild. Yeah, this half of the tree is wild. This one, this half is the cultivar. I'll eat one of the wild ones just to be fair. Where'd that one go that looked ripe? That one's black. It's a lot more sour. And these are wild ones. Oh, with some black ones way up there. Some cultivated black cherries up there. Those look so good. Here's one that I might be able to reach. Look at that. Yum. Oh man, I wish I could get all of those. Try to climb this tree. Mm. Here's one more. 
camera can use your clip. I'm using the I'm using the camera to pull the branch down. Yes. Great extra use for a selfie stick. that other cherry tree oh yes another black cherry yes gonna kind of keep talking here as a matter of course I suppose I don't uh, I'm not you know exactly feeling like there's oh look at all these these are so good and they're shaped so cool this is this is this is what I feel like communicating I guess right now Jimmy. This is where this is where the self-interest comes back into play. The selfish self. But in the most oh that was so good. In the most pain-free way. Because nobody else is gonna pick these cherries. Nobody else probably even knows about them. you could get all the ones up there maybe I can climb up and get some Ow. more of these oh there's some over here 
This is, this is just a video of picking cherries now. And I feel pretty fine about that. That guy doesn't. Alright, let's see if I can climb this tree with the camera without dropping it. Yes, we are now in the tree. Um, where are the chairs? There's one. I can't even really reach many more from where I'm at now. I still feel pretty pain free, although there's some thoughts running about, you know, of some evaluative thoughts about video still running. But that's fine. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say that this might be one of the most pain-free moments of walking and talking. No, that's not really true. I was just trying to make a joke. No one can see me. People pass by unaware.
such a complex flavor. about walking and talking is it also is great for your appetite I suppose you don't necessarily have to talk for that to work Try and get down without spilling the precious cargo. to be had. They're not even really sour. Welcome to the video simulacrum of picking fruit. I highly recommend the IRL experience. Oh, see? There's another wild branch coming off of that same tree.
This is another one, another wild one at least. This one appears to be all wild. And they look a little bigger than the other ones. Kind of bitter. I think, if I remember correctly, you see these two little like nodes on the leaf? I don't know if you're focused. Those two little nodes right there. Bump, bump. I think if you see those, you can identify for sure that you're dealing with a cherry. Bump, 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 bump. happy I feel identified as a person kind of yeah I feel I feel like a like I'm a person and I feel pleased but I, I'm always I'm always like suspicious of that state because I know it's gonna go away and that at some point I'll I'll be identified as a person I'll be feeling like a person and feeling displeased As if I need to maintain a certain kind of vigilance against uh, being sucked into a pleasure that is linked with, uh, you know, a small localized ego or something like that. Because then it always 
reverses itself at some point. But, you know, staying, being able to maintain some kind of poise, so to speak, of not allowing your ego to inflate too much, to, you know, to not allow yourself to get too contracted into yourself. is a more assured connection to joy, which I guess I define here as feeling of connection with the world. Uh, I guess what I just said doesn't seem like it makes any sense or it seems like a tautology. Like, yeah, what I just said seems like kind of a, a loose tautology. What? Geese love berries. Well, I assume that, but I just watch them eat berries. Uh-oh. We got this variety of black and red cherries, white and purple and black mulberries. How exciting. The world of form, so enticing. So many sensual pleasures to uh, suck us into the concreteness of the world. Mm. The gorgeous color on these. They're so delicious. 
apologies for any FOMO that I may be stirring up. Oh, it's, t it's time to go. It's four hours. Well, I think you can guess what I'm gonna be doing for a little bit. Anyhow, after I turn the camera off. Um, thank you so much for joining me in this experience. Just even just your even just the knowledge of your watching contributes to my well-being and contributes to my feeling of connectedness and this uh, feeling of merging of consciousness I hope something to that effect has rubbed off on you or uh, I mean you know here I am you know we're back speaking dualistically but you know that's how things go, I guess. Or at least at this moment. Um, check out the Patreon page. There's additional stuff on there. And uh, I'll see you next time.